What's up, guys? Welcome to the IST CrossFit Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the lessons we've learned and observations we've had um, from training over our careers and um, our lives. So, uh, again, the lessons that we've learned and things we've observed from our training. Uh, and the most experienced person here, Chris, will lead with his first lesson. All right. Uh, well, I found out that if you hurt, you can still work out. Okay. It comes down to pain management and finding alternative ways to either work around injuries, work around pain, work around some limitation. Uh, from your perspective, you might not have a solution. So that's where our expertise, our experience, our background can certainly help you out and, and come up with a solution and to still uh, really benefit from the, the training stimulus that we're trying to input with everybody's training and find an alternative way to achieve that similar training stimulus with you while managing that injury or limitation. So I think that's that's one that I've observed and I deal with it regularly and I utilize Advil. Do you, uh, how many? Uh, I'm down to two a day. Okay, and so I, that's and pretty I take, good. I take weekends off. Yeah. That's way better than it used Monday, to be. Because you were on, on your way to a sponsorship. Yes. I was trying for, <laughs> trying for a scholarship. Uh, yeah. How long do you think it took you to learn that? Uh, were you stubborn? Like, were there times? Absolutely. You... Certainly stubborn. Uh, and when I was younger, I didn't have much pain. Right? Like, you just play, you go through it. Like, playing college hockey, you have pain, you go through it. Uh, and you just didn't really know any better. Because we didn't have a place like this to talk to people a gym was like an anytime fitness and you go to it and you you're on your own and not the base of knowledge was pretty small and you had to squat you had to press you had to pull and when you're 20 25 you just don't hurt as much yeah when you're 35 40 45 then you older had, then you had some imaging done though on shoulder shoulders hips right things. and there's actually some some yeah. issues with them and you've just yeah. worked your way around it yeah which... so right i've had mris on both shoulders both hips x-rays on knees and i've got a fused vertebrae in my neck and um so there's i know i've got an image and idea of what's going on it's not just it's not i'm just guessing uh i and have pain in my shoulder and, and i'm not sure why I understand why. So, and what's the issue with the shoulders to let, to let people know? Cause there's all kinds of bone issues. There's bony growth. There's, uh, it's advanced articular degeneration and, uh, all kinds of stuff in there. It makes me think of the iconic picture of you holding the plate overhead from the, Oh yeah. The plate challenge. Yep. So if anyone's ever seen that picture, that yep. might give you some, some background on the way it looks. Chris beat me. Uh, and I get, I guess like, but Chris, to your credit, like to kind of piggyback off your point, like if there's a will, there's a way, like, you know, that exercise is a big part of your day mm -hmm. and you just continue to modify your workouts as, as you best see fit to continue to get the benefits of exercise. Yep. And I think like you've found a pretty good routine now. It's like, I can do these movements. If I pair them this way, like I can get a pretty dang good workout and that's yep. what you go with now. Uh, not knowing why my hips hurt for so many years and I would just continue to squat, continue to run, continue to lunge to depth and, and try to lift heavy weights, carry heavy weights, not knowing why my hips hurt. I finally got some imaging done and I've got both types of impingement in both of my hips 
and there so it's a bone issue so there's literally nothing i can do about that i was born that way and it's it's not uncommon it's less common to have both types of impingement but I, it takes me back to when i was playing college hockey and i had hip pain in my left hip and it would feel better once i was warmed up mm-hmm. it would be a little bit painful when i was cold feel good when i was warmed up so i never could figure out why and you just play through it and it wasn't until probably six seven years ago so i'm 38 years old and i finally figure out why my hips hurt and for years i just been pushing through deep flexion squatting lunging and it never hurt when i was doing it it would hurt you guys remember when i just almost buckle over just walking yeah yeah. just walking turning and i just have shooting pain in the hip and then right after that you attempt to go squat to full depth yeah and it'd feel better yeah yeah you know it does it doesn't hurt when i when I'm squatting to depth, it'll hurt afterwards for days. So it's kind of a process of just identifying what you can do and what irritates it. Yeah. And for you, it's mostly movements or range of motion, but also weight, load. Both. 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 Running is, I shouldn't run anymore. It doesn't hurt when I run. However, it'll hurt for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. So like your, your exercise selection has been a, a little bit different, right? Yeah. Maybe and someone took, can back squat, but you, you might not be able to anymore. And that's, it, that's okay. It took a long time to accept that yeah. because it was frustrating and seeing you guys squat and like it it was it's fun being strong yeah and i don't feel strong anymore yeah that's one of the things i've definitely come across now is not like i've been doing this forever but 15 years now and i had some injuries in football and stuff and shoulder and quad but for me it's more the load like uh, i can do pretty much every movement a couple that are irritating uh, but if i manage the load correctly then it works for me. So it's like, all right, I can go deadlift at hundred percent of my max and be crushed for 10 days and not be able to do any other lift or I can operate at like 80%. Yeah. Still get strong, uh, do the movement probably with better technique. Uh, and then the next day I can actually train. So for me, it's been a lot of finding the correct load. Uh, I'm sure at some point it might be modifying the actual movement or the range of motion or all three of those you things. You modify the tempo. The tempo, the speed. Yeah. If I, right, if you slow down a movement, do pauses, it's going to be lighter, which also helps. Uh, but it's still motivating because it's not like I'm just having an easy workout now. If I take the movement, make it super slow, I can use the hardest weight I can use that day. But relative to my normal max, it's still hard. Like it's, it's not that much, you know? I mean, so. both of you are, both of you guys are touching on the point of like, you guys are playing the long game with your health. Like you, you're trying to be smart on a day-to-day basis so that like for you, like you can do the movements that you want to do for basically as long as you want to, like time, time frame wise and get the benefit of them versus like maybe letting your ego kind of barking at you a little bit. It's and the then hard like, part. I, it's, it's, it is really hard, but I mean, I have that down on my sheet too, just in a different way. It's like, I want to be able to move for a lifetime. It's not just like a means to an end for me. Like I enjoy how I feel after I exercise and how I move. And I want to be able to get the benefits of, you know, the physical health, the mental health that I, and the emotional, like I feel just better as a person after I move. Um, And I don't want my training to be a means to an end where like I eventually just can't move my body because I wrecked it. So it's kind yeah. of hard too, like when you're competitive. It's uh, really, it's yeah. Because you see what other people are doing and sometimes some people are doing a lot and you feel like I could be doing more, right? Because we have 
like you have, if you have the time for it, why don't I just do more? Like, why don't I get home instead of sit on the couch? Why don't I just train again? Why don't I yeah. just keep training? Um, so for me, a lot of it was like, I just can't train that much as yeah. some yeah. other people might. That, that, that's also on my list. Like doing, doing more isn't better. Like adding in junk volume or like feeling that you have to work out seven days a week, like that is not sustainable. And I would say for me personally, like the best change I've made in the last two years is I rest completely two days a week. And this last year in particular, like I'll do my warm up, however long I need to do that. I set a clock. And if by 60 minutes, like if I haven't done everything I want to do, like mentally I'm done. Like I just, I just move on. And if I didn't get it done and I can't give the effort it needs to give, like it's just not going to happen today because I know that more extra junk volume is not the answer for me. And for many people it's not because you have other things to balance out. I think like what you see people doing might not be the reality of like what, what they're like, you don't know what their life looks like. Like, yeah, their main thing might just be to go to exercise and then they can just go sit down on a couch and not feel bad about it or whatever. So, So, I I mean, for everyone listening, what would you define as junk volume? Just so they, they understand that. Um, I would say for, for the majority of people that come to the class, if you come to the class and you give it your absolute best effort for the whole hour and it's really focused and intentional, that's probably your like optimal level of training that you need for the day. I know some of us like to utilize gym, like the open gym and stuff like that. Um, I think sometimes like we can just get sucked into the idea of like, I'm, I really enjoy doing these three to five movements. So I'm just going to do them three to five times a week or whatever. Um, I think like over a long period of time, like that kind of stuff can add up to junk volume um, where it doesn't really serve a purpose because A, you're already good at it. Um, and then B, it's repetitive, like same range of motion over and over again. Like it probably at a certain point just won't feel that good. To get some overuse injuries. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to immediately happen, but you just start to kind of tread down that slippery slope of, you know, is it? Yeah. Especially if your primary goal is performance, because, you know, a lot of people might come in and do that stuff for fun. And I think that's fine as long as it's not, you know, taking away from some other aspect of your life or creating pain and injury that's going to take away from everything. And if you're going to come in and just do it at 50%. Yes. Right. Just to get through it to say you did it, that's I kind of where it would be that yeah. junk. And I guess like so yeah, there's two folds. There's the performance side of junk volume, which like we've kind of addressed on. I think there's also, and this is a way like deeper Pandora's box to unravel, is like the mental side of junk volume, where it's like I'm using exercise as a punishment or like a barter for like a behavior that I want to do. And like if I'm being completely honest, like I've done that in my life where it's like, especially when I was in college, it was like, I'm going to go hit this like really hard, like strength training workout. And then because I know I'm going to go with my buddies and probably like drink way too much. And for me, like exercise was like a bartering system for, I can go do this behavior and not feel guilty about myself, which me looking back at it, I'm like, okay, I 
don't think I had like any mental things going on, but was it probably like the best thing for my health? No, it definitely wasn't. And from a mental perspective, like I don't ever want to be at that point again. So I don't use exercise anymore as like, I'm not going to come in and punish myself for something that I was unhappy about, or like, I'm definitely not going to use it to barter for like a behavior I want to do. Like now it's like, if I want to go get a beer, if like, I want to go have a good meal with my family or my girlfriend or something, exercise doesn't factor into that anymore. And I'm way happier because of that. But I see people utilizing junk volume as like, I'm going to hit this extra 20 minute AMRAP of push-ups, air squats, and bike sprints as so I can go do this activity. So it's it's twofold. Um, I, I do have on that. I, I do, guess yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of went down a little rabbit hole there, and it might have pushed us to something that's a way harder thing to unravel. But that is a big lesson that I personally had to learn with exercise. So that's kind of into one of my points was not chasing or getting caught up in what social media brings to us because yeah. a lot of folks are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok now, TikTok's right? TikTok's huge. And you're seeing these professional CrossFit athletes and you're seeing all these different workouts people do that might look fun. Um, and I think trying to avoid some of that and knowing that maybe these people have different training ages, right? They've been training a ton. Maybe their, their goals are different. Maybe they're on drugs. Maybe they have more time, less stressors in their life. That's why they're able to do all this. And what I've seen and learned is um, folks come in and they do a fun workout they see on top of maybe programming that we program or some extra stuff we've programmed. Uh, and that can really turn into that kind of junk volume like like Joe talked about or lead potentially lead to an injury. Um, not that it's bad, but not chasing and looking at that is, is kind of something, again, that I've learned. Um, and I know competitively it's something I've tried to get away from is following all these people that post all their big lifts and stuff that uh, mentally might make you sad because you're like, oh, why can't I lift that way? Why can't my gymnastics look that way? Why can't I handstand walk? Well, you're not that person. You're in a different part of your training life. Like, just don't get caught up in that. Focus on what you can do. Video yourself. And I think um, you'll be happier, especially mentally within this. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's your exercise journey. Like it's going to look yeah. way different than somebody else's and, and you should really just enjoy your process along the way. Yep. Like celebrate your little victories. Like, it's like, I don't really care what anybody else can do. What like Rich if is I, doing. If, yeah, yeah. It's like, if That's I, literally an account, is it? Yeah. <laughs> what is Rich doing? Yeah. So you do what Rich is doing on top of the other hour and a half and yeah. then you get, you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to get, I mean, comparing yourself to others can certainly be an issue in exercise. It can also be a way to motivate yourself, which might be beneficial at some point. I would say you're definitely towing the line uh, if you're ever comparing yourself to others because the context is so important, like you talked about. And when we go online, it's like the most extreme example of comparing yourself to others. Like everyone's shredded. They're somehow like they're greasy and shiny. Uh, they're super strong. Like they're, they're shiny. They're, like, they're better the than light, me. The lighting's perfect. Do All people these ever compare are... themselves to people who are worse? No. No, you always look you for that? someone yeah. who's better. So yeah. you're going to be discouraged. Yeah. And so it's like the most extreme example. And it's like this person's stronger than me. Yeah. All of a sudden they have like a Lamborghini. 
and they're like in a mansion and they're just like they have a bunch of bitcoin and i'm like how is this how is this person better than me at everything yeah, yeah. we're just ever. in a really dangerous age that way and you can't escape it if you no, you can't you can't escape it so i, I mean never see that the stuff. best yeah. that's good see, Chris I mean, doesn't have tiktok like the you have facebook i have facebook yeah i mean the most like ford rangers the most on there. Inter- yeah <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting way i ever heard it explained to me was like it's like a superhero paradox where it's like, Chris, you said like nobody is comparing themselves to anybody ever worse than them, but they're always trying to find this like idol or like somebody they want to strive to be, which, yeah, it is maybe motivating in some ways, but if you're somebody who like only gets sucked into the comparison component of it, like it could be demoralizing. Like you're like, I'm never, ever going to get to that goal. And that's where every day, like you need to understand what your purpose and what your why is so that you can give your exercise or training focus and just like have it be about you. Like you don't need to compare yourself to anybody, Like you just need to focus on being a better version of you versus being better than somebody else. Because in reality, that's all you can really control. Um, I think like, I mean, all three of us have competed in CrossFit. CrossFit does that for you. Like they compare your scores to other people. You don't need to get sucked in. It's a sport. So there is comparison happening. There has to be. But when you're doing your training and stuff along the way, if all you can, if really all you need to focus on is like, did I give my best effort and I guess intention to what I was trying to do that day from a competitive standpoint. And then the rest is really out of your control. Because yeah. you can't do the workout for somebody else. You focus that, on the task. Yes, exactly. And the outcome happens, and you really don't yeah. have any control over that. I mean, what if you 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 had the best year of training you've ever had? You show up to the game day competition, and then Matt Fraser walks in, and I get second place. And like, am I gonna be pissed? No, I yeah, you no, shouldn't. Like, you shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. Or like, there's so many things in a CrossFit yeah. competition that is out of your control. Yeah, it, it, and some of it's not even fitness related. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. That is, yeah, that is a that is a good cancel your event. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just such a cliche to like think about like worry about yourself, but it's so true. Yes, like it's just so true. You just got to think about what you can do the best, as you as you were saying. You know, it makes it makes the process way more enjoyable, and I've just I've just found that if I start to let myself travel down that path of like I have to like hit this weight or I have to hit this time and I'm not focused on like, did I, did I execute it or like have the, the best intention for me personally? I just, it, it just frustrates me more than anything. And then I get demotivated. If I really want to make progress, I need to be in a head headspace that helps keep me motivated, not demotivated. Um, but every, everybody's different. I know some people get really fired up watching other people and sometimes people play off that, but that's, you got to figure out what kind of person you are. Mm. Um, all right. Should we move on? I, I guess I'll, I'll take another one. Um, something that, that I've learned is that simple movements that you would learn right away, RDLs, front squat, overhead press are actually, I think the most effective. And that's maybe just for me. Uh, but you know, just 
more you can do RDL strengthen your hamstrings, more you can do slow front squats, overhead press, push presses, the better that I've been and the better my body's felt versus, you know, getting all crazy with like landmine variations and like all this other stuff. I think the more simple it is strength training wise has been better for me. And I think it's felt way better on my joints. So it's something you can think about as well. It doesn't have to be cute and fancy basics definitely do work. So, and I think in a general sense, general fitness, that's so hundred percent true. Even as a specialist, it's probably true. Like if you yeah. want to be really good at something, sticking to the basics is the best way to get there. Uh, maybe you're someone who all you do is compete in bench press. Like you're going to bench three or four days a week. Then you have a little variation, but those people still aren't doing like the cute stuff. They're just doing like yeah. a different grip on the bar yeah. or a different range of motion. Um, but yeah, the, the foundations for general fitness, you got to have them. They're the most effective. Uh, and if you have, maybe you have that extra open gym time and you really want to do one of those, uh, cuter things, you know, as long as you manage the load, the volume in your recovery, maybe that's a good time for it. Yeah. It's for for whatever reason, uh, when you were talking about that, the example of the Chinese national weightlifting team popped in my head because like they're specialists, like they're Olympic weightlifters. But within like that realm, they're known for doing like lots of very general accessory work. They do lots of body dips they, and yeah, push-ups. They, they do yeah. dips, push-ups, um, just like lots of squatting. Who knows like, what else? Well, yeah, yeah that's a completely different... Chair snatch. <laughs> that's a complete... <laughs> that would be a funny story to talk about. Like, the I big- don't know the whole story. The biggest... Uh... Apparently some guy was in the training hall and he did a chair snatch. And then the next day everyone was doing chair snatches. What is a chair snatch? So, well, okay. So he, this was a, I don't know, a Russian or something who came to the U S to do a seminar. And he said, whatever he would do, people would start copying him. So the one day he did a chair snatch, he was sitting in a chair and did a snatch. Oh, okay. And yeah. he said, everyone was doing chair yeah. snatches the next time he was in. That's gotta be top 10 all time exercise trolls. It reminds me of the Russian uh, depth drop. Uh, literature where they publish oh, yeah, ten foot, good ten foot drop <laughs> and just ruin ten foot drop was people. the most effective for vertical jump improvement and then they just published it and just sent, lie. sent it off to the US and then the Americans were doing it jumping off ten foot ladders <laughs> and breaking their legs and they were terrible for years that was like the, the <laughs> earliest form of social media corrupting yes. <laughs> oh I have some of those journals in my yeah. office yeah um sorry we got yeah, sorry, that, so I guess tangent. another point which is kind of you know, I said simple is effective when we kind of like basics, but on the other end of it, like there isn't, there isn't a bad exercise either. I think that's something I've seen like, oh, you don't, you can't do this. Like top five movements you shouldn't do in men's health. Like there's a time and a place for every exercise. Correct. And I, I think I've truly learned like, yeah, there's a time to do bench dips or like narrow grip bench or like people say the bench press is like, there's not a bad exercise. There's just, you need to be prescribed right with the appropriate volume and load. Progress the right way yeah. too. Yeah, that's like very important. You get hurt once doing an upright row and then you watch all the, people hate upright rows on YouTube. But just do it less weight. You can yep. hurt yourself with your hands. Well, I mean, in, within, <laughs> yeah. the, within the functional fitness realm, right? It's people have really gotten, I've been in this part of my life. Like, oh, like a leg curl, leg extension, pec fly machine. Those are not good. You need to use the barbell. Well, the barbell is so effective, so simple, but there's, again, the time and a place to come in and do the isolatory hamstring, quad, pec work. Um, Should it be the only thing you do? Maybe, maybe not, but um, yeah, I think 
for I mean, me personally, just not thinking there are movements that are terrible. Every movement has a time in its place. There's That's bad it. ways to do exercises. And every movement sure. you can yeah. butcher. Right. Yeah. You can ruin <laughs> you, every you exercise. You can do every exercise poorly. <laughs> and hurt yourself yeah. doing just about everything. Yeah. But developing an individual muscle is never going to hurt the total system. It's never going to hurt like the, you know, the way you move your body. Um, yeah. And I think definitely in the functional fitness. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that gets a little bit misconstrued. Um, I understand why from like maybe a like marketing advertising perspective, like mm-hmm. they really want to try to steer people that way. But from actual health perspective, like, if you like doing like a dumbbell bench press or something like that, and that makes your shoulder feel better, more power to you. Like it's making your whole system perform better. Yeah. And I think, I think it probably came about like, because you want those movements that are going to target more muscle fibers and bigger muscle groups. Yes. The deadlift, the overhead yeah. press, which again are effective, simple and great. But you know, and if you're only crunch for time for 30 minutes, that's probably what you want to do. But if you have an hour and a half, then, you can do some of that or stuff. Yeah. And it's goal dependent too. Like if your goal is to get the strongest possible, we already talked about the Chinese weightlifting team. Just look what they do. Right. That's not that fancy. If your goal is to just have fun and you want to put bands around your knee and attach it to a rack and put a kettlebell on your shoulder and Ugh. do the, the functional bodybuilding is like the new word on CrossFit where you do like weird stuff with kettlebells. Then you can do that. If that's really what makes you happy and, it makes you exercise. Then that's yeah, okay. and, and it's not necessarily a, a bad exercise. No. It's an exercise. Yeah, it's an exercise. You know, it's done right probably, but... I don't know if it achieves the goal that I want, but it might achieve yours. <laughs> the key word is you're exercising. Yes. Which, like, that is the biggest health benefit you're going to get is you need to move your body. So find something that works for you, whether it's with all the bands and the kettlebells or with a barbell and doing some squats. Yeah. Chris, you, have pro- you had one or two more that you want to... Yeah, one of the things I've I've realized, and and I think we all have, because none of us when train when we were younger in high school, we would I'm sure train on our own, right? And after a while, the fun kind of stops. Now, coming to a gym like this, I've realized the the value of training with other people, group exercise. There's an incredible value there. Uh, not that you're just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing necessarily, but just being other around other people, like-minded individuals, similar goals. Uh, there's days when you probably don't feel like exercising or pushing yourself really hard, but when you come to the gym and you're around other people, it's a positive environment, everybody's happy. Uh, it really kind of lifts your spirits and helps you get through those times when you don't really feel like exercising. So... Uh, group exercises is, is an incredible benefit that I really didn't understand or realize until we started offering that. Here. And I think a lot of people say the same thing. We've had some testimonials, like a, a gentleman in boot camp. He said, "I didn't think I'd like it as much, and the group components what keeps me coming back." Mm-hmm. And that's really that's really important. I mean, it, it, you know, it could be a down day and you don't want to do it. You're just motivated by the person next to you. Maybe it's a friend, and um, I know doing workouts with you that's motivated me mm-hmm. to try to beat you really bad on the workout yeah and it ain't easy and it, and it ain't easy <laughs> even if you scaled it back i still want to absolutely destroy you but that's that's a good thing right that's that's the power of the group yeah, that, that kind of just goes with finding something that's fun like maybe maybe you actually aren't looking forward to the workout but you're looking forward to seeing someone there that you enjoy yes and that's what gets you here and that's what 
you know, that's what keeps you on track. I think that's, that's huge. How fun is doing an open workout by yourself? Nobody around. No music. Awful. Yeah, don't you never want to do it? No, but it's way more fun. Like in a, in like a group. Sunday, you have to come in and redo the open workout, and it's just you. It's like, Remember when you did that? Uh, you did it was a dumbbell. I probably did your throat. It. I probably press. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> nice. Oh, um, not fun. Yeah, I I kind of want to go back, Joe. You saying like taking the days off, doing less. It's and I'm not. It's really funny for me if I do light exercise on a Sunday and Thursday and I do it just light enough usually if I'm not overdoing it I actually feel better like so my rest is actually active rather than just full rest I think you and Alex you guys just like taking full rest days but if I can be a little bit active with just a light bike or like a light trail something like walk or hike I feel much better the next day yeah so just sitting there being fairly inactive or just not doing anything actually feels a little bit worse for me which is which is different yeah and I think everybody everybody needs to find that balance. Yep. I would say if and and really like so you were probably more similar. Where I need to uh where I need to take certain like days off of training. Uh if you were look at my actual activity during the day, it it probably isn't a true rest day because like our job just has us on our feet. So like I'm walking and I, I've never experimented with on a Sunday. Like if I just like sat down and melted into my couch, how I would feel on Monday. And I'm, Doesn't I'm, feel a, good, Joel. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that's so far off my normal baseline. I would feel bad on the weekends. Like, yes, I try to move a little bit. Um, but from a, me saying that I take two rest days is more for my mental sake. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to feel like I'm exercising. Like if I do my normal day-to-day things and I move my body, like say I get 10,000 steps. Yeah, I probably moved enough where I'm going to feel fine the next day. But the fact of like I don't want to get on a machine or like get out a dumbbell or something and be like, okay, well, I got my active movement in for the day because to me that means i worked out so for ment- me mentally it's easier to just be like i'm not doing what in my mind is construed as exercise that has doesn't take any willpower exactly right? yeah. yes yeah and if anything uh, it also helps me get a little bit more motivated tomorrow because if i had it my own way i would probably want to exercise seven days a week but my main goal is performance right now so I know it'll help me perform a little bit better, say like tomorrow or whatever. You'd never get is. any of your home improvement projects done. I would never. And How would you get your yard work done? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's probably that a trial and error process, though, right? Like you don't know that right away until you try it. Yeah. Like you kind of talked about. Or you don't believe it's, it. It's or you don't believe it. One hundred. So. Or you're addicted to exercise. I know we're. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's a, that's that that's a really. Dumb. Two guys in here are like whoa. Uh, <laughs> so, buried my head. Like, so I guess. <laughs> I, I know I know we really set a hard time of yeah. 30 minutes and we're over, but I guess I'll just share a little, a very quick story about how I really started to tell myself I needed to take rest days. And it wasn't even from like a, just like, oh, I was told that this would benefit me. So this was probably two years ago. This was pre-COVID. Um, I was training really hard. Like I had the goal of qualifying for 
a sanctional event when those were still going on. I had like just finished the qualifier and I was like really pumped up that I had qualified and stuff. And then I like went right back in my training. I had also just finished a really aggressive weight cut because that in my mind was like what was going to tip me over the edge to help get me to this competition was like, I need to look like every CrossFitter that's going to be there. Well, then I got the most sick I've ever been probably since I was a little kid. I felt freaking awful. I got hurt. Like my shoulder hurt so bad after that. So for me, it was just like a bunch of things hitting me in the face. It's like, dude, you're being an idiot right now. Like you're doing way too much. You need to start peeling things back. Um, and then it started with honestly, just one day a week. I, I wanted to come in on Sundays and sweat, but I chose not to. And then it was like, well, Wednesday, my body feels pretty beat up. And like, cause I've been going harder Monday through Wednesday. And I started adding in Thursdays and now it's basically been two years of that. And that was my process. Mm. I had to get smacked in the face a couple of times to get to that process. Uh, like my shoulder stubborn. got dinged up. I have to get hurt first. So, so, <sighs> so stubborn yeah. because Chris, you alluded to this like earlier on. It's like when you're in your like early twenties and stuff, even when you feel bad, you probably don't want to admit you feel bad. And I just wanted to push through that. And I'm so grateful that. I like was smart enough to listen to myself for once or get hurt worse or get, yeah. And then you don't have a choice. And then you, you don't have a choice. Yeah. So, um, that's my little story about how I got to the two rest days and, and that I don't think I'll ever really change that. When, if my primary goal is performance. Yeah. It's that it's so for me, I brought that up and I'm saying the Sunday thing, like, I would go nothing. I'd do nothing. Just do a little walk on Sundays and I'd come in and my joints would hurt, my hips and my knees. And then I, Sunday I would try to bike or ski a little bit. My joints would feel better. My ankles mm -hmm. would feel better. And that's taken a couple of two, three years, right? I'm not coming in and doing a met, any sort of Metcon. It's just yeah. trying to get 20 minutes of work in. If I had my own mountain bike, then I'd be yeah. mountain biking hard. How come but, you don't have a mountain bike? Ah. Uh, not yet. I got to get my skis out a little bit more okay. before I do that. I mean, but it is, it's just a big experiment. You yep. got to play around with it a little bit. And, and that's where, maybe that's a lesson that we've learned is not, for it's sure. not cookie cutter. No, it's not. It's your journey. Just, you yeah. should, you should do whatever you need to do to figure that out. Yeah. And my story is kind of like funny because the strongest I ever got, I trained three days per week. That was it. Yeah. That's what you said. I did three exercises each day. Super simple, super basic. I'm like well, three days a week. What if I do four? So I did four days a week. I had really good progress there too. I advanced in training age a little bit, right? Five years into it. And then from there, I'm like, all right, let's do six days a week, two a days. And then I basically just got weaker for four or five years and more injured. And now I'm back to four days a week. And I feel probably the best I've ever felt. I still train on the other days, but I just do light training. Like, yeah. like you talked about, move, maybe do some exercises I like and have fun with. That's it. But yeah, I've kind of landed on four days. I think it's, it's very natural though. Like some people just respond to lower frequency. Some people respond to higher frequency. Mm -hmm. Don't know why. And, and see, I thought, all right, I'm an aerobic person. Like I just need, I need to do that. And mm -hmm. like, it just didn't feel, you know, trying to eat more to make up for those cows on the Sunday. But like, yeah. Yeah. So anything else guys? Chris, no. do you have a third on your list? No. Okay.
Okay. My third was not every every day will feel great. I think we touched about that, right? Yeah. Not every day is going to be the same. Uh, it's an undulating experience, and basically throughout the year, it's ups and downs, and you just kind of keep kind of pushing through a little bit, but uh, you're not going to always feel the best every single day. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. There's going to be ups and downs. And that so you comes, have to deal with it. And that comes back to the long game. Like, yeah, if I push hard today and hurt myself and I can't train for the next three months, was that the smartest thing? Yeah. Even in the short term, like, just take it easy this day so you can train tomorrow. Because you deep down probably know. It's like, let's say we were doing you a max in know. here and it's like, I don't feel great that day. I think you just pull back a little bit and be conservative. And then maybe in a week or two weeks, you can hit that again. Because um, it comes up to stressors too. People are working hard jobs, a lot of stuff going on home, travel, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Again, anything? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you ever have any questions, um, feel free to shoot them our way. Also, CrossFit Open is coming up in, I think, three weeks. So make sure you sign up. And on that point, if you have any questions, please let us know as well. We have a great sweatshirt option that we're going to be giving you guys this year. So have a great day.